0: Hey, guys, Medium Nancy Mass is off today, so I'm going to be taking the lead, and I'm going to be talking about the dark side of the paranormal. Take it from the case files of the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team. I'll be right back. It's already messed up. Happy Friday, everybody. How's everybody doing? We finally made it to the weekend. Still things going on. (laughs) It's like the screens. It's gonna be one of those days. Let me uh, adjust my volume here so I don't blow you out. Welcome. My name is Charlotte. I'm going to be your host for the next hour. I'm also the owner of the California House Paranormal Investigation Team based out of Sacramento, California. We are 45 strong up and down the state of California, which means... If you do, I'm just looking at things here. To make sure. We're here. If you do have a paranormal need, we can get to you. It might, it might take us a couple of days, but we definitely can get to you. And in the case that we can't get to you right away, because California is a big state, trust me, uh, we do have mediums on staff who can phone you and talk and talk to you about what may or may not be going on in your neck of the woods. And if it is paranormal, in most cases, they can calm the energy down until we can get out there. And again, it doesn't take us more than one or two days to get out. If you need to find us, we're on Facebook. We're on all leading social media places, you can just Google, Dr. Google, Google California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team or Google California Haunts Radio. Okay, everything's there. We will be getting our websites back up probably next month. And uh, and when I say websites, I'm talking the Paranormal Team website and the radio website. It may be combined into one. I haven't decided yet, but uh, we're working on it. I was trying to find some really good hosts for them, and I think I found one, but i got to play around with it a little more to see if it's going to support what we want to support. Anyway, if you're watching from Facebook today, and a lot of you are, please be sure to hit that follow button if you haven't done so already. I'd really appreciate it. And you know what? I forgot my other button. Speaking of buttons, I forgot my other button here. Hang on. There we go. So I'm going to go directly to the chat room because I was doing else. All right. Now hit that follow button if you haven't done so already because we're just looking for followers. And if you if you like what you hear tonight, please be sure to leave a happy face, a thumbs up, and uh, anything to like emotion, any emotion that's positive. Because okay? what that does, and also in the chat room, Pamela's already in there, uh, be, be sure to do some chatting up in the chat room because uh, those the, those emotions, you know, things and the chat, what that does is it, it throws us out into the, into the netherland of FYP and uh, we go viral, not viral, but we'd like to go viral, but that, that that puts us out to other people, okay? That puts us out to other people, uh, you know, more, more people out there. Same thing with YouTube, if you haven't done so already and you're watching from YouTube, please hit that subscribe button. It's free. We've got we've got more than 900 videos sitting over there, and they're all of this show, different topics. You'll, you'll see that I'm very eclectic in the topics I pick. All right? And same thing. Show me some love. Show show me some thumbs up, some happy faces, hearts, whatever. Just give me some loves up there, and join join in the chat. Join in the chat, because we're, the more people in the chat, the merrier, right? And it does work with the FYP over YouTube the same way, just like it does at Twitch. All right? Okay, that being said, guest today (laughs) there is no guest it's just me uh i'm gonna digress a little bit from this past week and that bishop long bishop james long had done a show over on his site i'm looking at all the names coming in all right let me look at this okay um bishop long uh, i think either this week or last week had did a show on uh TikTok about and probably faced uh youtube as well about the about, about demons and demonic forces and and how the church you know how, how how priests deal with that and whatnot so i kind of was thinking when nancy said she couldn't make it today i decided to flip nancy on it what was it wednesday yeah wednesday that i would i would carry a show talking about some kind of paranormal topic so i was kind of wrestling with what topic to to do and then last night having jason mcleod on you know talking about some of that stuff brought back a lot of memories for me and so i thought Really hard about this last night, and I thought, well, why not? I'm gonna talk to you guys about dark forces. Now, when I, when I used to do conferences, live conferences at different hotels, one of the hotels I used to go to is oh, no light back there behind Grogu. It's like really dark. Huh, okay. I gotta boost some out game back there. Anyway, um, <clears throat> I'm very meticulous this way. I always see the about the lighting. Anyway, um, he reminded me about some stuff. And I, like I said, I did a conference once at the at, at the Holbrook Hotel where I talked about this. And it's because at that time I was shook. I mean, it, it takes a lot to shake me. But at that point, by the time we, by the time we we, we we got to that particular conference, we had been doing a lot of dark cases. This team has, and I don't talk about it that that often. I mean, demonic stuff doesn't come up all the time. It comes up more now than I used to but because I think people are more aware of it, but uh, back then it didn't come up all the time. And so you were lucky if you had three or four demonic case, even two or two, two to three demonic cases a year, you know, and I'm not saying the word lucky because it's not lucky. So it's not. it's, not fine to get that, that short straw, but, uh, it all started out really, you know, really calm. And, and we, we ended up getting a shaman on staff and the shaman, um, we would cleanse places of, of dark entities and I think like uh, Jacob said last night, once we got that shaman on staff and did our you know handled our first dark dark case, there was like a target put on the team because nothing would come in unless it was a dark case and I'm talking you know either either an angry angry ghost spirit, whatever or a banshee or something out of this earth or demons, right the big D word. And I noticed that. All our cases turned dark. And it was very stressful. It was a very very stressful time because that kind of stuff you can't play with. And this is something people don't don't understand. Give me a second. I almost spilled them. This is something people don't tend to understand is how dangerous those cases can be. Another thing people don't understand, and I agree with Nancy. Nancy doesn't believe in demons. She never has, but I do agree with her in that it's not all demons causing the activity. There's ghosts out there, angry ghosts, and, or you call it insane ghosts, like Nancy calls it. But there's angry ghosts out there that there were angry people in life and they're gonna be angry when they're dead. And they want to scare people into thinking that they're demons. And the reason why I say that, I mean, turn the system to that. Okay, that didn't help at all, did it? Okay, turn it back on. My luck, I'll knock it down on myself and be mad. And the reason why i say that is we had one case and i'm not i'm not going to give names or locations on these cases i'm gonna say sacramento uh here in sacramento that when we did the when we did the prelim um we picked up what sounded like almost sound like a growl a demonic voice kind of kind of growl and this woman had been having these dreams and during her the nights while she was sleeping she would be you know she would watch tv like everybody else movies and whoever the particular actor in the movie was, she would see in her dream, and she would have it. She she would have a wet. Let's just say a wet dream, right? And she would. They would get together in the dream, and I kind of laughed it off, and I said, "Wow, wouldn't that be cool if it was Tom Cruise or somebody?" You know? Yeah, yeah. I kind of I kind of made a joke out of it going in. Well, what we began, what we began to realize during the investigation was that it was this particular angry. Ghost, who was doing this, taking on taking on another form. But what was interesting about the prelim on this case was that we went in. Uh, Mickey McIntyre and I did the prelim, and Mickey's blonde, blonde. Uh, and uh, as I'm interviewing the lady, I start the recorder up. We always, you know, we we have a hundred question questionnaire because we're we're trying to see: are we dealing with just a regular ghost? Are we dealing with a demon? What are we dealing with? So I cover everything in this questionnaire. Okay. So as I start the I start the questions, and here comes this voice. None of us heard it audibly or anything. And it's screaming, "Get out!" And it sounds like some kind of animal screaming at us. It almost sounds like a cougar, or some kind of cat screaming at us. I bring it. You know, I bring the recorder. I play it back in the car, and Mickey and I are looking at you like, "Holy gods, what's going on?" Well, while I'm doing this prelim. Mickey felt her cheeks being pushed together, and she could taste blood in her mouth. So, who, wh- whoever, whatever this was, was pushing her cheeks in, to the extent that it made her, it, it 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 forced blood out of her mouth. So we knew we were dealing with something dark, and I wasn't sure exactly what it was at that point because we were at the prelim, right? So we uh we went out there three or four times, once with Channel 10, in tow, and the night with Channel 10 is when it got really wild uh, to the point that. I had a couple investigators that had crosses on around their necks, and during this investigation, they came out shook because something had grabbed the crosses and, the, and were making the crosses stand out um, perpendicular with the with, with the floor of the house. So that that scared them. So they came out, you know, trying to calm everything down, uh, holy water, trying you know, sage, the whole ball game, trying to get everything calmed down. Another one of my investigators said that they had been touched in their private place it was a male said he'd been touched in his private place so uh Trish was there I think Karen was there the shaman was there and I think what it turned out to be was an angry this one was an angry ghost this was not a demon it was just an it was an angry ghost but it was a hard ghost because it was attached to the homeowner so we went through you know a lot of stuff during that investigation I even felt chest pain I have uh, I have uh, congestive heart failure and while we were sitting there talking after the investigation and having our quick meeting with the client i could feel pain in my chest kind of throbbing so i knew i had to get out of the house which i did i left the house at that point and then the shaman took it over and she was able to get the get whatever it was out of that house and get it calmed down but we do have some really excellent evps out of that house but this thing had come at us and Again, it wasn't a demon like like Nancy talks about. People people dying angry, uh, or they get stuck somewhere, they can't get out of somewhere, and they and they become insane. What she calls insane ghosts. I'm going to categorize this as, as an insane ghost. Okay, it was act. It was trying to act like a demon to scare us away. So that was that encounter. Um, like I said, the demon stuff was few and far between, but we had actual ghost encounters you know angry ghost encounters and um there was another place that that we did and I, i'm uncomfortable a little bit talking about this stuff because i got attacked here after one of my after one of my cases you know i actually ended up getting attacked and i'll talk about that one a little later um the other thing to point out before we really get into these cases is that if somebody comes in and tells you they're an expert at the pair of the you know at the paranormal You know, doing this stuff and ghost hunting. I'm an expert ghost hunter. No one's an expert. Lori Young and I had that conversation one time about, you know, I always had a lot of admiration for her because she had been around so long with her team and everything, and they had a really good reputation. And I said, wow, you know, I admire you. You're my mentor. You're an expert at this. And she says, no, there's no experts. You read, say, her book or somebody else's book, and you're going to get, like, differing opinions on, on what's going on. In these, in, in these cases, and that's what it is. It's not an exact science. You know, we're, we're out on a learning curve. Each time we go out in a case, it's a learning curve, and that's the attitude you have to take. You also have to go out with the utmost respect for what you're doing, and, who, and you, you know, for your client, and whoever, who or whatever it is you're dealing with where the is concerned. You have to go out with respect. I've had investigators on staff who thought that they were untouchable, real cocky and I don't allow real cocky people on staff because what inevitably happens is they will get attacked. And there was one particular investigation out in the Bay area. And that happened probably a few years ago. My mother was still alive. I think it was a last year. My mother was alive. I think that was back. What? Three years ago, four years ago. And I didn't go because of my health issues and because of the, the because the meeting we had on staff actually was seeing dreams ahead of this investigation. OK, so when she said it's going to be something wrong with somebody's heart, I went, nope, I'm out. I'll stay home. So we were able to monitor. I was able to monitor from home because they had their cell phones on. And so I was I set up a camera system here to where I could see like multiple, you know, multiple phones. So I was with them on the investigation, but I wasn't physically with them. Well, one of our investigators who had the attitude and used to say this stuff, hey, I love this stuff. Nothing touches me. Nothing hurts me. Blah, blah, blah. He was upstairs in this house, and he did his walk. He was doing his walkthrough, and they had to go up and get him because his heart was racing, the sweat was pouring off, and he got confused and couldn't find his way downstairs from the upstairs. They had to take him outside. And they were just about ready to call him an ambulance when he he said that he didn't feel good and was going home. So, I mean, the guy, I mean, he really got sick, and it turns out this one was demonic. We, uh, we ended up turning it over to a, to a priest to deal with at the very end on this one. Like I said, I wasn't involved in this, but this thing was demonic, and there's even a picture of the family outside barbecuing, and the thing is in the window staring down at them, and it doesn't look human. It looks demonic, okay? So yeah, we ended up calling a priest on that one, but we did get an investigator who got physically ill during that case. So I mean that's the stuff to watch out for, especially if you're doing paranormal investigating. You can't go in and you can't be cocky. You have to respect what you're doing. You can't be scared either, okay? Because the the, the they can feel your fear. They'll get it in your head if you're even remotely sick with a cold. I've seen people try and go investigating pregnant. It just totally ugh, gives me the willies when people go do investigations pregnant, or they bring their their their, their, their small kids out you know when i took my mother out it was never anything demonic there was one that might have been demonic but it but we were able to or a couple of but i mean i never took my mother into a dangerous situation ever that's why we that's why you do such a thorough pre, preliminary investigation you know so you know what you're walking into and sometimes like i said they hide i mean demons are able to hide behind what you think might be Uncle Bob or might be might be an angry ghost, it could be a demon. I mean there's ways to tell what's the de- what's demonic and what's not demonic. And again, and that's why I have such an such an extended extensive questionnaire to be able to tell that. Because there's certain things you look for and it's on that questionnaire to ask the clients. And granted, there's some clients that don't tell you the truth. Like like Jason mentioned last night. There's some clients that don't tell you that they're they're messing around with an Ouija board or they're table tipping. You know, playing and doing seances or things like that. They don't tell you. We did one in Rockland. I'm going to Sacramento. Take it back. Where Trish was was lead on it. We did one in, in in Sacramento and we couldn't, we were trying to figure out what the hell was going on because we were getting conflicting things. This lady had kids and and, and she was saying this was going on. Objects were getting moved around. You know, all kinds of things. She was having nightmares. All this was going on, knocks of the walls. And we couldn't figure it out. And Trish got, a, got the feeling that she wanted to check out the hall closet. So she goes snooping through the hall closet and sure enough, underneath some newspapers is a Ouija board. So the client had sat there and told us, and her kids told us that she had never touched an Ouija board, or they had never touched one. And sure enough, they had been messing with it, which of course opened up the doors for this thing to come through. That's the stuff that happens. And like I, and Jason talked about that with some of the cases he, he's done with the Warrens, that they found that stuff out, or John Zaffis, too. you know, That, the, that he's done, the, the, that they, they've had to find out and really talk with the client about it. I mean, there's groups, there's, I'm not going to say names of guys that have been on TV, right, that, that I've seen that, that, that do that kind of work. And the minute they see an Ouija board and they know that the family lied to them, they will walk out because they're not getting the truth from, from the client. You know, I just sat down had a chat with these people. Said, look, you've got to tell us the truth because not only are you in harm's way with, with whatever this thing is, you're putting my team in harm's way. I had to call my team out of an investigation to retreat during an investigation in Rockland because the client withheld information. We get in there, I got all the information from him. He mentioned that there was like... He mentioned a dog had passed away in the house and so he he did mention that there was like this dark shadow that was about maybe two feet off two three feet off the ground that, that, that he would see periodically running through the house plus the ghost of a little boy so i thought maybe it was the dog you know that he was seeing and so we go out full team in the investigation i've got my i've got my command center set up outside by the garage and the team's investigating i got, I got all the cameras on and all of a sudden, you hear stuff banging in the house. And one of the reports from the investigators was that they could hear stuff being thrown around in the other rooms. But when they would open the door, everything was everything was normal. However, they were experiencing that the, their stuff being um, picked up and thrown on the ground. they would put maybe a piece of equipment, you know, on a counter, or they would put a uh, a uh, you know a notepad or something on the counter, and right in front of them, it would lift off and be thrown on the floor. And as the night progressed, there were, there were people getting pushed and shoved. While well, I'm sitting out there like the President of the United States, I got, three, I got three cell phones going at that time. And I had three different psychics on each line. And finally, Karen calls. And I get this, I get this call that says, whatever this is, it doesn't have a face. And I said, what? She says, yeah, it doesn't have a face. Usually if you run into, uh, you know, the more, more likely if you run into an entity that doesn't have a face, that's because it was never from here. That's not, a, that's not a, an entity from the earth. That is something from wherever it came from. So that coupled with the you know, investigators getting pushed and stuff flying around the house, I called everybody out. I said, we're in over our heads. Let's get out of here. Let's call the shaman in. So we're getting ready to leave. The client shows up. So why are you guys leaving? So I explained to him. I said, there's something going on here that is dark, very dark, and it's not very happy. I said, we're we're going to call the shaman. He says, well, you know, there's something I withheld from you. Again, they're withholding information, pertinent information. All right. One of the rules of thumb with with demonics is that. Now I could be wrong on this, don't hold me to it. It's been a while since I've, I've gotten in to see if there are any updates on this stuff on, online. But one of the main rules that you have when looking at cases is that a ghost, it could they could move objects, but nothing over two pounds. Anything above two pounds is, is generally not't you know has a lot of energy backing it. so we tend to think that they're not of this earth that they're demonic or a banshee or whatever. So this man sister, and he's sitting in his truck and I'm talking to him about how, okay, we can't have, I'm not going to put my crew in danger. I don't like what's going on in the house. And plus, whatever this is doesn't have a face. Okay, so we're going to bring the shaman in to deal with this. And he proceeds to tell me, he says, well, there was something I, I think I should have told you, but I didn't tell you. And I said, well, what would that be? And he said, well, I was doing laundry one day in my laundry room. And... The dryer door opened by itself, okay? But not only did it open, it was ripped off its hinges and thrown 12 feet to the laundry room. Ripped off its hinges, just a minor detail that that he left out during the prelim. Had I known that something with that kind of force and strength was able to rip the dryer door off, I I wouldn't even have put a team in there. I would have sent the shaman in right away so by him withholding this information it put my it, it put my team it, 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 it put my crew in, da- in danger of, you know to where they could have gotten hurt All these things you can't play with this stuff you know and there's always stories I've read even John Zaffis out investigating and other people that I've read you know they're they're the demonic cases same things doors get ripped off the hinges same MO and it turns out to be demonic but I can tell you something that does not have a face was never here on this earth because it doesn't know how to look like us. So it's another rule of thumb. But that is one of the main questions we ask is how heavy are the objects that are being moved around in the house? How heavy are they? Has anybody been scratched? And if you have, what do the scratches look like? You know, has, 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 has does anybody smell anything really foul in the house? Because that's another sign. Have you smelled? Have you smelled vomit in the house? Are plants, are are animals dying? Have you had that happen on your property? You know, those are the handful of what we ask when we go out on on cases to sort it through and you know make sure that that we know what what exactly we're dealing with. <clears throat> I've also had my own psychic staff call us off cases. We had a case in the Bay Area. In a business that, that we were handling. And I got a call from this particular psychic on our team, Sandy, and she says, don't go, don't go, whatever this is, I see blackness. I said, All I see is blackness running about two, three feet up off the floor and, and, and something grabbing, grabbing, trying to grab out of this blackness. So we didn't go. You know, when somebody sounds the alarm the week before the investigation and says there's weird stuff going on like that, I'm not going. I'm not taking my team in. I refuse. You know, and like I said, once the once the shaman came on, you do your first case with her. Next thing you know, every case you're getting is dark cases, and this went on for almost seven months. That every time we went out, it was a demon or it was an angry ghost that 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 we were dealing with, and it takes a toll on you. You know, it takes a toll on you. You got to be in the best health to deal with this stuff, because. It may not come, like like Jason said last night too, it may not come get you right away. It could be four or five years down the line that maybe you get cancer. Maybe you get heart failure. Maybe something else goes wrong. Your knees, something, you know. There was one particular case that I didn't go on that was for another team in the city where I worked that I refused to go on. I had a bad feeling about it. Sure enough, they get out there and people, and they had had someone picked up and and thrown into a wall. There's an EVP of this, whatever this is, mocking one of the, the psychic's names. And they all came back. They all came out if it was weird things that happened, like being bit by a brown recluse spider. Another another investigator came out of there and had horrible vision problems for the longest time. She's still recovering from those. Even the lead investigator had, had health issues that he had to overcome. Now, is it a coincidence that, that this happened on this case, which was which was obviously, you know, something really really, really dark. I don't think so. And I'm not trying to act paranoid about this stuff because I've been doing this 18 years. And I've seen what's going on within my own team and other teams that are out there, even teams that have been on TV, right? I've seen what it does to people, whether it's demonic or whether it's just ghost hunting itself. Every time, and Nancy and I have had this discussion, every time you go out on a ghost hunt and you go into communication with whatever you're communicating with, you lose some of your energy. You lose something within you. That's why one of the cardinal rules, too, is when you're out and whatever this is wants to touch you, you only let them touch your pinky tip because they will suck you dry of energy. If you get what I call goose by a ghost and you're out in the field, and what that is is when you can feel something go through you and it's an interesting feeling because sometimes people feel it differently some people feel spider webs me if my my whole stomach does a flip i can tell i've been doing posts you know where you sit down with the client and you uh you know go over the results that you got from that investigation just like they do on tv right ghost centers right and i was sitting in the an opera house and something went through me there Pretty wild stuff. And then what happens is because you weren't grounded, you weren't protected, you sleep for three days afterwards because all of your energy has been sapped. Every last bit of your energy has been sapped. Because a ghost wants to feel your energy again. Because they don't get to feel that. So that is something that that they want to feel. They want to feel your life essence. So they can feel that for a few minutes. And some ghosts will do that. Not all of them but some will do that and I've, I've been goosed by a ghost on several occasions, several. Now getting back to the case files. So we talked about the Rockland one. The Rockland one ended up, um, the shaman said it was a family curse because that happens. You run into that a lot where it's something having to do way back with the family. And so she went through and did all that. As far as I know, everything's hunky-dory out there. But a lot of that was asked this thing because the the teenage daughter would love to watch the ghost hunter shows and so they thought she thought it would be fun to invite ghosts in the house and unfortunately once you open that door in your home it's very hard to close the door if you don't know what you're doing and that's what happened in this case she opened the door had no clue what came through that door and it was all negative all negative, they drew an all negative So it does happen. I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer. I know it's Friday. Everybody wants to sit back and drink beer and do whatever. But that, like I said, talking with Jason McLeod got me to thinking about these old cases that that we had had and gone on. The worst case that we ever did was out in Arbuckle. And that's the rule. For people that are on RSS feed and people that are watching from back east, that is a rural area. Excuse me. I like eating groggers brains, right? Yeah. Anyway, that's a rural area north of Sacramento, and another team had gone in on this particular case, and they felt that nothing happened out there. And this woman was being attacked at night while she slept. Um, she had animals dying on her property—pets, and she had some 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 farm animals that had died on the property. Couldn't figure out why. And she was seeing stuff in the clouds. She was seeing her TV would be doing weird things. Things were floating around the house. You know, objects were moving around heavy objects, doors being slammed, things like that throughout the house. And she also had the same issue that the original client had where when she woke up in the morning, she was feeling, uh, she, she was feeling as if she'd been violated by something. And the second she said that, I knew this wasn't a fake. I even had the original client call her to see if she could get more, you know, hey, this happened to me, what's going on with you, and, you know, back and forth to see if we can squeeze some more information on this woman to see what was going on. In the meantime, I had a a woman with me who wanted to join the team as a psychic. And so I said, well, come on to this one, we'll do the prelim. You know, I usually ask questions, you know, do a walkthrough, and then we get a feel for the house, and then, then the full team comes out. She came out with me, pulls into the driveway, and says, I don't know, I don't feel good. I'm not feeling good at all. I, don't, I really don't want to go in. And I said, okay, that's up to you. You know, you can wait in the car. I'm just going to be asking questions and maybe take a walkthrough. So I did, she, she, she finally came in and said, okay, I'll try this out. So we went into the garage. She had a big, big garage, kind of barn-garage combo thing. Went into this garage with her and doing the walk around. And she stops, and she says, Oh my God! Do you see that? And I said I don't see anything. And I admit I do have I do have sensitive abilities. I can turn them off, so I was off that day. I wasn't about to see things. And she she was looking up in the rafters, and she says you don't see it. She says it it it's only it's only like four foot tall. Three four foot tall, and it's dressed like a penguin. And it's got glowing eyes. And I said I just I'm sorry I don't see it. So I did the walk around. She went outside. She didn't want to be in there. So I did the walk around, came outside, was talking to her. And she says, you know what? I'm leaving. I'm not dealing with this stuff. She was terrified of whatever that was. So at that point, I knew we, we were dealing with something really, really bad. So we come back out with the, with the team members. And my mother was with me on that one. And boy, did I protect her in the house. Nothing was going to get through the protection I put up for her. But anyway, as we're going in the house, because a client had gone out to get pizza for us. Bless her soul. And I was the first one through the door. And it was still daylight. The sun was just starting to go down. And as I started to walk into the house, I see a shadow go down the hallway. And the shadow is only three feet tall. And it went running down the... I mean, it literally, you could see it leaned over, running down the hallway. And I thought, oh boy, it must be that thing that the psychic saw. So we start the investigation. And I said, and I, I, had, I had... Doubled everything around my mother and I told her not to leave the couch and just stay in this area. I, cir- I circled her with blessed salt and all this stuff. And there's technically my, my command center was right in front of her. So if anything came through, it would have to come through me first. So you know, and I did another circle, half circle around me too. So I go into the uh, bedroom to do an EVP session. do the master bedroom. And I start the session with the usual stuff. Hello, my name is blah, 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 today is Saturday, blah, 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 the time. And then I came back in to listen, you know, I got back to the command center, put my headphones on while well, everybody started the investigation. And I see, I hear this EVP, and it's a Class A EVP. And it scared me to death. Because the voice on the EVP was whisper, was kind of in a semi-whisper. And it said, Gabriel, watch out. And I had to think about that for a second, then it dawned on me. All right, my mother's very Catholic. I've got a blessed cross around my neck all the time. It was one angel or entity warning the Archangel Gabriel to be careful in this house. Gabriel, watch out. So I I pulled the team around me and I said, look, this is what's going on. This is what I just heard on the CVP, be careful. So uh, we had reports going on you know, from the team members. The team members would like, go to the bathroom, they'd they, they, they put their, their paperwork down you know, next to them, and the paperwork would, would get slapped across the room. I had cameras, you know, because uh, of course we, we got the monitoring system up. All my cameras were getting knocked over on the floor. Something was pushing the cameras down. So then they decided, uh, Trish decided to go, Trish's son decided to go outside, and Trish stayed in with us, talking to the client. And they decided to go do some stuff in the garage. And while they were out there, and I think Trish reported this too, while they were out there, Trish came back and said, oh my God, I can smell vomit. The whole garage smells like it's full of vomit. And I said, okay, because the shaman was on her way, and I said, okay, as soon as the shaman gets here, We are going to just sit back and let the shaman do her thing because I think we are in a demonic situation. Her son comes in and he's very gifted. And he said, you know what's weird? I heard my mother's voice. It was calling me into the corner of this garage in my mother's voice. And at that point, the shaman shows up and I'm thinking, oh, thank God. So she goes outside with a handful of people. We're inside, you know, talking about what's going on in this house and, you know, what we should do. Should we leave and let the shaman do it on her own? Should we stay there and assist the shaman? Because whatever this is, is really bad. And, you know, we need to figure out what the hell, what the hell is we're going to do and what the hell it is we're dealing with. Well, the client had been taking pictures of the clouds, you know, cloud formations. And she had been picking up demonic faces in the cloud formations, which I saw the photos. And so that's where the uh, the shaman started. The shaman goes outside and she's starting to fight this thing. And a few minutes later, because you could hear her outside hollering, at whatever this was. A few minutes later, they came in. They said, we got a problem. I said, well, what? She said, well, something harassed the shaman because the shaman needs a new pair of, and this is horrible to say, okay, I'm not saying, I'm not giving names out, he needs a new pair of undershorts. Whatever this was, you know, caused her to to do that. So we so we had to locate that. So we got that located. The shaman goes into the uh, garage, starts doing stuff. She can smell the vomit. She's seeing this little black figure running around the garage. So she's trying to deal with it. Finally, comes back in the house and she starts to do uh, uh, a house cleansing, like exorcism. You know shaman-type exorcism, in the in the main house. It was a double-wide. And we could hear objects falling all over the place, being thrown and falling. But she did it. She stood her ground. And then she said, well, I'm going to probably have to come back. And and her hands were shaking. I mean, whatever this was really was affecting her. And she didn't realize it, because when you talked to her the next day, she didn't even think anything had happened to her. But she wasn't even sounding like herself. So I'm trying to shake her trish and i are trying to shake her and bring her back to reality because whatever this is was getting in her head but she was fighting it she was really taking this thing on so we we finally get done for the night take off to to go home and she says well i'm gonna have to come back and do another cleansing out here because whatever this is is like super super strong so we leave and uh before we leave yeah i'm doing holy water and stuff on the staff making sure nothing follows them home And all this, because whatever this thing is, it's nasty. And um, sure enough, the shaman goes back out there a couple days later, and she just can't get this thing out of there, no matter what she does. So we ended up contacting the Catholic Church to get involved with that. I don't know. After that, I never really heard what happened. But we did contact the local Catholic Church out there to try and get involved with this thing. But that's the thing, too, and and that's what I always found bizarre about the church. I'm a Catholic. I'm going to admit it and what i always found kind of weird with that whole thing was that they don't like ghost hunters they think we stir you know that that we're stirring the stuff up too much yet when there is an alleged uh, you know demonic case going on we're the ones they send in they send in because they want before they can even get an okay to do an exorcism depending on who it is okay depending on, on who they're gonna ask permission to a lot of guys have to go through the, you know, some people go through the Vatican, Some people, I don't know for sure they go through the Vatican, but they, but they go through whoever's above them in ranking in their particular church to, to get permission to do these cases. And in order for them to do that, they have to have proof, you know, tons and tons and tons of notes and proof to say, look, this is what's going on in this house. I need to go in and you know, I need to go in and I need your blessing to go in and do this exorcism. And unfortunately, unless they work directly with the paranormal team, because some do, some will work directly with the paranormal team. But more often than not, the paranormal team is the one that has to go in and get all this information. <laughs> so they don't like us on one hand, yet we're the ones that have to go in and gather all this, all these bounds of information for them so they can get it processed and, and go work on the case. So I handed I handed off all the notes. All the notes went. Everything we had, EVP's, everything. You know, interview with the client, all that went. So I hope she got, you know, I hope I hope she got some relief through the Catholic church. But but it was like Jason said last night, you know, people People just aren't careful. I mean, you know, teams go in. You know, they see this stuff on TV. It looks all fun and it looks all fun and dandy. You know, it's just a, it's, it's it's Hollywoodized, right? It's all Hollywoodized. And so you, you you're thinking you're going in, and it's a game. One of the most stressful things that a paranormal investigator can get involved with is doing residential work because when you go out on these things, it's very warm in here. When you go out on these cases, you're dealing with people's mental state. You're dealing with people's you know, it's not a game to go out here. Woohoo! Hoo, you got ghosts. Let's do this. Blah blah blah. That's not what it is, man. You can't go in with that attitude. You're dealing with people's with people's mindsets. You're dealing with people's lifestyles. You're dealing with so much that that, that you could screw up. You have to be really really careful which is why you know staff wise I always make sure I have a psychologist on staff and other people you know social workers and things on staff like that nurses on staff paramedics because you just don't know what you're going to run into and you know there's more often than not like on some of these investigations that we've done it'd be like somebody elderly saying things in their house and it turns out it's a medication issue You know, it's one of their medications that's causing them to see things. Or a gentleman, like a gentleman we did out in Woodland, it turns out that he had had a brain tumor. And there was a lot of poltergeist activity going on in this house. And it turned out that he was growing another brain tumor. Which is why he was seeing stuff in the house. That one took a couple months to figure out. But... Be, they thought it was demonic in their house too and that's one where it was an easy deal that was not that was a debunk because they had a bunch of blessed um religious icons of jesus of jesus christ and and, uh, and other saints all over the walls of their house um, every room had it and as i'm walking around the house i i came in and i said look if this was demonic those wouldn't be up there they'd either be turned in a weird direction or they'd be down on the floor so i knew it wasn't demonic so I had to sort through and try and figure out what was going on with this guy or what was going on in the house. And it turns out he was having issues with his brain and there was another ghost involved that had, had, had lived on that property years ago that didn't want to cross over that was involved and he was trying to protect their sick son because he thought the father would hurt their sick son because the father had this horrible temper. You know, see another angry ghost. Even though it was, even though the ghost in this case wasn't angry, the father was the angry ghost with the with the with the with the poltergeist activity. That's how that was sorted out. I did one for a friend of mine, who was having problems. We went out to her house again, it's Trish and I. I'm not going to give the background. That's private stuff for this. But what I will tell you about this case is that it was a what we, a low-level demon. You know, not every demon is a high-level demon like Satan and whoever else is at the high level. It's like anything else, there's different stages and levels of demons. And this particular one happened to be a low-level demon. And Trish and I took it on together to get it out of this house. So following the investigation, you know, the girls, the, the ladies put salt, busted salt all around the outside of the house to keep this thing out once, once we got it out. Right? So I thought I had blessed myself, you know, cleansed myself enough coming out of this case. I go home, and I'm sitting there going through the, you know, the evidence review, and my arm starts to hurt, my, my right arm. So I, so I look at it. I've got three scratches going down this way left arm. Three scratches going down. My air conditioner. I have a through the wall air conditioner. It's an old house built in the 50s. And there's um, for anybody that's had an air conditioner like that or a through the window air conditioner, there's a way to clean the filter. You have to take the front off and then pull the filter, rinse it and then put it back in and then close the front. Well, whatever this was, tore off the front of the front of the air conditioner and threw it across three different rooms. Boom, and it hit with an impact. So I knew whatever that was in that house had followed me home. So I had to, you know, try and scream it out of my house and all this. Ended up over at the Catholic Church getting some holy water and doing that and, you know, and blessing all my equipment and everything else to get this thing out of my house. But it followed me home. It came to get me because Trish and I had banished it from that other house. So it, it came after me. You know, it's stuff like that that you run into doing this stuff. And I'll tell you, like I said earlier, it may not attack you. It may not get you right away. Sometimes they lie in wait. There's another lady that I knew that was a demonologist. And she eventually ended up with having, high, having blood pressure problems. But it didn't happen right away. She had spent all kinds of years doing this work. You know, banishing these things, get, getting them out of people's houses, and it took, you know, like the 20th year of her work before she started to show effects from it. Maybe coincidence. Maybe 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 the blood pressure issues run in her family, but it sure as hell happened. And when I started to look around at my team at that point and what was going on with their health, I could I, I couldn't believe it coincidence again who knows but when you look at it you know I ended up just a heart failure it runs in my family so it could have been you know could have been a family thing all right another one of my team members has stomach problems real bad 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 stomach problems another team member had cancer they had it before but they, they that's what they passed away from another team member stomach problems another team member got into a car accident real bad one and survived. And then I started to look outside my team at the people that we we watch most on TV. You know these different people. Okay, one particular, what I call moldy oldie investigator, ended up having a heart. It ended up having I don't know if it was a stroke or a heart attack, but it ended up having a heart attack again. The heart. There's one on TV now that used to be very healthy, and if you look at the stuff, sometimes it'll show the medication he's on. He even wears a filter over his nose all the time, for asbestos or whatever, because he can't, because he's having trouble with that. You know, and there've been a lot of investigators out there, and I'm, and again, you know, my friend Gloria ended up with uh, stomach cancer, and I don't think it's all coincidence, because I've been ta- I've been keeping tabs on all this stuff for years. I don't think it's all coincidence. It's very dangerous. And unfortunately, I'm not saying these people take it lightly because I remember after I did that conference to talk about these different cases, different demonic cases that we had been doing, how there were some people in the audience who said, well, you're just doing scare tactics, you know, you're, you're just afraid. At that point, I was. I was really afraid because I saw all this stuff happening around me to my own team. You know, and I thank God that it never came home to attack. any of this stuff came home to attack my mother or my animals. You know, when we were doing that, I mean, it is intense. And again, there's 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 some famous investigators that have that have shown, saw, that have gotten sick. And it's because every time we make contact with something out in the field, whether it's good or bad, it takes a piece of us. Every time, every time we step through that port, that front door, it takes a piece of us. How can you stop it? Grab, make sure you're grounded when you go in. Make sure you're protected when you go in. But that's not always a, you know, that's, that's not always going to work. I know teams that go in processing, and they will take holy water in a, in a spray bottle. And before they even touch the front door or go up the walkway, they'll spray the walkway as they're walking with the holy water, and so they'll spray it on the front door. Then they'll go into all the furniture in the house before they even sit down or anything, and, and they're spraying the furniture with this holy water before they even sit down or touch anything in the house and of course they'll spray it on the way out when they leave for protection because like I said it may not get you that day but it'll it'll, it'll come back to get you later on do I still do dark cases sure they come up I have to help people this is what I do that's what California Haunts Paranormal Investigations does. That's what a lot of teams do. They go out to help and educate people about the paranormal. So we put ourselves at risk when, when we go out. And if the client isn't isn't forthcoming enough with their information about the case and what's been going on, then we could really get hurt. Really hurt. It's dangerous what we do. You know, you watch TV, and it looks so easy when these guys go out on TV and do this stuff. You know, these different shows. But it's not that easy. I mean, the exorcisms, you know, they'll show exorcisms and it takes takes, what an evening to do an exorcism. There's cases where exorcisms have taken two or three or four days. Sometimes they have to come back, especially like in a house. Sometimes they have to come back. So it's not like it is on TV. I've been doing this long enough to... No, not enough to put the pieces together on stuff, and you know, and, and figure stuff out. Like I said, I'm not an expert. Joe, the next guy is not an expert with his team. The guys on TV aren't experts. We're all learning. It's all a learning curve. When we go out on these cases, we've got four residentials coming up. We're starting up. We're starting back up, and uh, you know, I've got the have got the show going finally in a good direction. And now we're going to be going out. I have got in the whole northern California. I've got four residential investigations lined up already to go out on. So of course I will take in and do that, that that questionnaire and I'll have all those questions. So I know exactly what we're walking into. And just like with Nancy, Nancy is our remote psychic. I will send her the information, but not everything. I will send her a picture of the front of the house. She doesn't know the address. She doesn't know where it's located. I just send her a picture of the front of the building and then she'll do a read from there. And that gives me an idea of what we are walking into for the prelim. Because I want to know. I want to make sure we have the proper protection going in so we don't run into these dark things that are going to attack us and hurt hurt one of the team or hurt the family more. You know, and you get into those cases. I mean, there's several, there's several layers to a demonic case. You know, they, they, you know, they start with the, the things just entering. It gets to um, depression, oppression. You get to the point where you don't want to leave. They get the that they, they like to the, the single people out. So you might end up like living like a hermit, while all this is going on, until they're into you, literally, until you're oppressed, and they, and, and they've and they joined with you and then the priest or whoever has to come in the priest or shaman has to come in and figure out a way to get them out but like i said our team has not done a lot of these cases but the ones that we have done have been eye openers absolute eye openers you know and i think there's a lot more of those coming up and the only issue i have with the with with, with the ones that are coming up that we get calls on is Everybody, because they watch TV, everybody is a backyard is a, is, a, is a backyard ghost hunter, and they will tell us if it's demonic or not. And so when I try to explain that in order for us to come out and do a cleansing on, some, on your house or your business, we have to know exactly what's going on and what we're dealing with. Because if it's Native American, if we're dealing with a Native American soul, we have to treat that accordingly. You know, you have to treat that differently than you would treat, say, say some, say a Christian soul or, or, you know, even a, t- well, for sure, a demonic. That's all handled differently. But we have to know that. So when somebody calls like that and insists that it's a demon and they want us to come out and deal with it and that's all they want us to do, we can't do that. Our team doesn't do that. You have to look into it because you do not know what you're walking into. TV has... TV has turned it into a, I'm not saying a a fakery thing. You know, TV has turned it into just an everyday thing. It's like, it's like a nothing. When I started out doing this 18 years ago, I remember the clients were real hush hush about these cases. You know, you really had to work to get them to tell you stuff. But now it's like a nothing because everybody's been desensitized because of TV. But the problem you got is it's, it's hell on the ghost hunters at least the ghost hunt teams that are doing the right job to help them, okay? As I go down a line of ghost hunters that, that are sick, again, one in particular had, I believe, a couple of, maybe, maybe a couple heart attacks. There was a famous couple that had their problems. We're not gonna go into that. There were some people in India that were ghost hunters that I'm aware of, two of them that ended up dying. You know, I've known so many people that have passed away following ghost hunts. So it's not a game. You can't go in with that attitude. Just like that guy that was on my team that that totally was almost was, was almost literally having a heart attack because he wanted to be arrogant. You got to respect it all. You got to respect. And are there angry ghosts out there? Yes, like Nancy says. Yes, there are. There are insane ghosts. But they're, in in my opinion, uh oh. It's my internet light keeps coming on so it's nothing very normal. (laughs) Back to where Mario was. But in my my view and in my experience of doing this for so long, there's demons. There's things out of this earth that are out there. One house we did in Dixon had a banshee in it. That was an interesting case. You know, not of this earth, blah, 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 but it had a banshee. Why? Because we took a picture of the house and we could see it in the window. So you could tell what it was. I have footage from that house where they've got ceiling fans on the ceiling, lights off, ceiling fans aren't on, and the ceiling fans are rotating, okay? This one particular bedroom that they had all the problem is where this thing would hang out and lost. Foul smells, you name it. They had it all going on. Electrical issues, everything. Sometimes the one person that was sleeping in that particular room, her personality would change as if something was talking through her. So, I mean, it's stuff like that that's out there. You know, I'm not trying to scare anybody from ghost hunting because if if, if you're in it to help people, that's what it should be about. You know, but there are cases like, 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 like Jason was talking about last night and like I'm talking about tonight where, yeah, there's some scary stuff out there and it could hurt you when you're doing this. You can't be fearful of it. You know, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. But you can sure as hell protect yourself. You know, make sure you're protected before you even step foot through the door on these cases because it does happen. And then you have to know when to walk away and say, look, we're in over our heads, let's call someone else in to handle this. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with saying, no, we're not gonna handle this. I'm not gonna have my people hurt. Anyhow, all right, well, that was a quick hour. Didn't think I could fill it up, but we did. Hope I informed you guys about this stuff, Uh, not to scare you, because I see some of my team members in, in the chat room. I see Susan, I see Marisa. And a few others in this chat room. But uh, that's, that's that's it in a nutshell for us. Like I said, we, uh, over the years, haven't had a lot of demonic cases, but we've had a lot of dark cases. And believe me, when the shaman left the team, the dark cases stopped. So like Jason said yesterday, once you get somebody that can do that kind of work and the universe knows you can do that kind of work, there's a target on you. And that's what happened to us. Case after case after case after case okay sunday i will be back reading from true ghost stories uh by, by by herford carrington and then monday uh, i will be back on at noon so it's going to be a new show phil webster is going to be with us he is a psychic medium and he wants to tell us stories the story of how he became a medium and his journey to become a medium he's even worked with with, with a lot of celebrities so uh, he's got a really interesting story to tell about this stuff, and we'll be and, I'll, and we all will be able to pick his brain, even with the chat room, about the work he does because he's come in contact with some interesting um, ghosts out there. All right, but I want to thank you all for coming tonight. I really appreciate it. And uh... Hang on a second. Yeah, so I just want to see what the chat room says. Uh, I really appreciate each and every one of you coming uh, to join the chat. And again, uh, you'll be hearing more from us because we're going to do some live investigations. Uh, you know, via StreamYard, and uh, that way we'll be on Facebook and and uh, Twitter, and all these other places coming up here. But uh, we do have—bear uh, in mind—we do have four residential investigations coming up. So we're going to get powered up here, and you're going to get to see us in action doing these investigations. All right. Thank you very much. Uh, if you like the show, share it with five people. If you hated the show, share it with five of your enemies. Uh, we are equal opportunity here, and we're just trying to build our numbers up. So uh, I really appreciate that. Otherwise, I will see you Sunday at 6 p.m. Pacific for the usual uh, book read. Have a great weekend, everybody.